Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This week's show is sponsored by Tracy Shevin, who is raising funds for her local cancer unit in Stoke-on-Trent. Her husband Andrew was diagnosed nearly five years ago with stage four cancer. He's been lucky to survive these five years, However, unfortunately, the cancer has spread further and he's got to the stage where treatment wouldn't be effective. During the five years, Andrew has had several chemotherapy treatments as well as operations. He's received fabulous treatment by the staff at the hospital and Tracy would like to give something back to the unit, maybe a comfy chair for a patient or their relatives. If you'd like to donate to her fund, the page is justgiving.com slash Tracy dash Chevin. That's C-H-E-V-I-N. Thank you from Tracy Chevin with Dumpty Dog Nancy and Dumpty Mog Pushk. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about Sunday's episode. We don't do this often, but this was the episode we couldn't avoid, so you might want to swerve it if you haven't listened. Thanks. So this is Dum Dee Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the bubbly 80s TV personality that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the village hall curtain that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our celebrity-packed village hall opening is you. Oh, wait a minute. Was there some 80 celebrity on the arches last week? So I'd <laughs> I really have put that to the back of my mind. I know, mind. everyone's just... I did, when I was writing this monologue, I was thinking, come on, other things have happened. Think, Lucy, think. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 and then whatever. Oxo cubes. Yeah. Oh, God. Ruth laughing. Mm. Today's Dum 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 is brought to you from Brittany, from Jacqueline Berto and her posse. It's reprise of last week's because it was a good one. Now, Lucy, mm-hmm. can you remind our listeners how that within the accolade of Dum 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 of the week? 
Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or shout, Stop the clock, Kenneth! And that's confused our overseas <laughs> listeners. Ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to lovely Shambridges for her voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thanks also to Derek, the loan in the back bedroom. Derek said there were a lot of blue lights in the village last night, and he was worried because he thought the police had caught up with his specialist audio recordings, whose titles include The Tagay Programme with James Naughty, uh, Desert <laughs> Island X, and Poo and Yours. <laughs> Oh, I hate poo and yours. <laughs> on this week's... I was going to say poo on yours, but I thought that was probably uh. <laughs> too far. <laughs> so I didn't, you'll be pleased to hear. That's called scat, isn't it? No, that's singing. No. No, no it's yes, not. it is. It's coprophilia. <laughs> no, we on... started early on this show, haven't we? <laughs> we have, we have. On this week's... <sighs> episode and this is one for the ages folks we basically have... i think it would be faster to say who hasn't called in uh george osborne okay that's about it everyone else you bring <laughs> in <laughs> on this week's episode we have a course from susie who wants lillian to take herself more seriously Edition 73, who is clearly psychic. Witherspoon, who thinks Helen's story is riveting and revolting. Jacqueline Berto, who's following the money. Glenn, full of love, who has a complaint. Yokel Bear, who's relieved. Andrew Horn, who defends Henry. New York Nigel, who thanks me for giving him the clap. <laughs> that was his gag, not mine. I know, I know, I know. Claire Page, who's had a restless night. She sounds like a first-time caller in Morgan from New York, who says this is what we want people to hear. Amy Gilbert, who's a quivering wreck. Sarah, Sarah Brown speaking, who doesn't want to listen at lunchtime. Auntie Jean, who's so moved, she said, oh gosh. Goddess Diva, who says it's all been worth it. And Emily Thomas, who missed French class. But first, before all of that, let's go to Lisa V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. <laughs> We started the week at the fair. <clears throat> Remember that? The Easter fair, jollity and folder rolls, etc. Elizabeth was pictured by the local rag with a Harris hawk perched on her arm or up her nose or something. I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy listening to her doing her oozy schmoozy voice to Docky Locky. Also, Elizabeth gets all snobby about the local press when I think she should be grateful she gets any coverage at all. Oh, it's just next week's chip paper, she says. The only two interesting things about Elizabeth is that her husband did a triple psycho off the roof and the fact that she rogered her assistant manager senseless while pissed on Scrumpy. She can only talk about one of these things and quite frankly, she talks about the wrong one. I think the Borsetcher Echo would love an exclusive with pornographic intent, My Life Under My Under Manager by Elizabeth Pargeter. It would sell tens of copies in the shop once Susan had scratched out the interesting bit of the Stanley knife, obviously. Helen lost her temper with Piggy Willie, but quite frankly, you don't have to be pregnant and tense not to cope with Piggy when she's in full Daily Mail spate. Why has your son, little Henry Sound Effect, got a cuddly toy? Is he a girl? Well, don't worry, Piggy. Rob then chucked the thing down the waste disposal, so that's that. Dan's friend Dorothy finally turned up. She sounded... Well, she sounded like all the other middle-class women in Ambridge. Shula met her, and on finding she was teetotal, hastily pretended she hadn't knocked back a bottle and a half of Chardonnay before she arrived. Anyway, Dorothy said, don't worry, Shula, you just sit back after lunch and Dan and I will wash up and make a cup of tea. Or rather, I will, while Dan stands about looking macho. 
Not that Dan has got much to look macho about, as he's oatless. So Dorothy of the chastity belt has got her knickers <laughs> firmly hauled up to just under her underwired M&S bra, and she ain't dropping them for anybody. Well, not until she meets Toby Fairbuttock anyway, or possibly Brian. Hello. <laughs> and the village hall has opened. Hurrah, goodness, how we've missed it. Haven't we? Oh. Linda drew back her curtains and Annika Rice jumped out, which was a shock for all concerned. For those of you who don't know who Annika Rice is, she was a TV personality famous for leaping out of a helicopter in a jumpsuit with a big bottom. And it's not often you see a helicopter in a jumpsuit. Ambridge has officially had more celebrity guests now than Graham Norton so far. Next week, Elton John and David Furnish drop in on Adam and Ian. Anyway, Annika made a moving speech. She sounded a bit like the Queen with a bit of a chesty cough. When I heard the headlines about the floods and the sewage, my thoughts immediately turned to Ambridge. I thought of you all a great deal and hoped several of you had drowned. Sadly, I can see you here today. It was all worth it, though, for the opportunity to hear Linda caroling, Annie Carr! Annie Carr! Uh, just a quick uh, catch up on Annika Rice for those of you overseas who don't know what we're on about. She was on a programme called Treasure Hunt in which an elderly newsreader in horn-rimmed glasses sat in the studio with Eileen and Malcolm Dumpit from Cleckheaton, and they answered clues like, when church bells ring sideways and water falls upwards and there's no place like home, and then Eileen and Malcolm thought for a moment and then said, we're not sure, but we think it might be Chalfont St Giles, and then got tangled up in lots of ordnance <laughs> survey maps while Annika buzzed around in a helicopter waving at gaggles of cheering schoolchildren. Then she did another one called Challenge Annika, where she'd helped communities restore youth clubs and church halls and things by persuading leering plumbers to offer their downpipes for free. There we go. Quick cycle through 80s English TV for you. And that was the good stuff. And then we had the village production, a Bolshevik look back at the jolly pre-mechanical days of farming. May Day celebrations, consumption, malnutrition. It was even more boring than normal. And Annika said she could only get through it if she could have Jacob's Creek on a drip. The audience seemed less than impressed, but that may have been because Eddie took the unusual step of muttering the last few words that everyone said on stage. It's a theatre equivalent of someone whose lips move as they're reading. Over at Gaslight Cottage, things continued in much the uh, same vein. In two plot holes Joe could drive Bartleby through, Helen left her phone unattended yet again for Rob to pick up and answer. Then Rob left his phone unattended, and then the midwife left a message with the husband rather than speaking directly to the mother. But then we had Sunday, when Helen and Henry held Rob down, chopped his genitals off, and filled the resulting hole with custard. Did that not happen? Well, it happened in my head. The end. Woof. So, where did we start, Freeman? Oof. Gold. Well, right. I quite like the village hall. <laughs> um, I'll start. Yeah, right? you and like I'm, I'm going to be brief. Right Now, superb writing and acting. Timothy Watson and uh, Louisa uh, Pitakis uh, were absolutely amazing. And... You heard Rob go through the gears of emotion. You did his uh, his false bonhomie. You saw, or at least you heard, naked, raw anger. Um, he tried to be conciliatory. Then he became aggressive again. He he, he went through uh, those the the range of just naked emotion beautifully, and because. He's obviously such a consummate actor, Timothy Watson, and because the storyline is on this uh, believable bastard, uh, that his acting, Timothy Watson's acting, has actually um, overshadowed the sublime acting of uh, Louisa. 
and you saw her yesterday, or at least we heard. This is the thing, because this is done so well, I keep on saying, we saw, saw. you know, it's that good, it's that good, that you think, you know, you think you've seen it. Um, She was absolutely tremendous, and actually has been for the whole two and a half years of this storyline. You know, we we don't give her the plaudits that she deserves. And... And then the writing was absolutely top notch. Yeah, it was top notch, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely top notch. And then, you know, there's another and then the sound effects because were absolutely superb. So it was so claustrophobic and intense. It was an incredibly believable. And when you go because I hardly ever listen to the shows twice over. But I had to listen, as I'm sure everybody else did, uh, to this again. And you heard the you heard the slap, the punch when mm. when Rob hits her. You hear the knife. You mm. you it it's it's all there. It's all there. It yeah. painted such a vivid picture. So we need to absolutely doff our caps to the the special effects department, to the script writer, to and to the actors concerned. Where the whole thing falls down is that it shouldn't have happened. In the mm. first place, it's the I plotting knew you of were the whole say thing. That. I know, I know, I know. Now, it, it was piss poor. <gasps> now, Royce, I'm sorry, but let's just call it as it is. I knew Surely. when I texted you yesterday, I went ah, oh! and you just went yep, and I thought, oh no, he doesn't like it. I know. No. Surely, a fitting tribute to the sterling work of highlighting coercive control to the great British public in a dramatic setting would have been for Helen to leave Blossom Hill Cottage. Not without a struggle, but to to have her leave there with the help of Kirsty, because that would have been realistic, and leave there with Henry. Not to have her put a knife in the man's guts, however much he deserved it. How empowering was that? All of this work... She's in a small village. Where is she supposed to go? To a mum and dad's. I know, but he said... To her mum and dad. Or, to the very least, or to the very least, she could have nipped round to Kirsty's and Mm -hmm. gathered herself for a day or two and then gone round to Mar and Pa's because we all know that Pat is not going to understand. She just turns up on the doorstep. She's not. So she needed a day or two. She said going to do that. She said, I just, she said to Kirsty, I'm leaving. I just need a day to, to, I just need a couple of days to sort myself out. But then when he went for Henry, that was what triggered it. She never meant to do that. Lucy, we had, they've had the opportunity, all of the press that they've garnered, good, mm. sensitive press, actually to show um, a woman or somebody who's in that situation how to get out of it. Mm. So yeah. they've, they've told you how to spot the signs. They've told you what number to call. They've told friends uh, what uh, what are the signs also yeah. to look out for? And then just said, "I oh, know. By the way, you stab him in the guts." Mm. It is so bad, you know. They've. Act- I'm going to be, you know, to be true to how terrible I think this is. I actually think, and this could actually scotch anybody from the archers coming on this show again. I actually think. A V sign is being put up to us listeners because, quite simply, there is a there is a 
There is a can, I, can I just read it? This is you saying that, not me. Normally, it's me. I can't believe it's you saying this. Well, I feel that strongly about it. There wow. is a conceit between us, between us listeners of the Archers, and the conceit is that we think we're a little bit smart. Mm-hmm. Let's be quite honest about it. And we think we don't do soap. We think we don't do uh, uh, drama with obvious tropes. And this is partly the reason why we love this thing. It's it's a long-form character drama. And we are into the characters. And we do not like to be reminded that actually this is a soap. We yeah. don't. And this is such a massive cop-out that it reminds us that actually we are listening to something which is uh, in the same genre of EastEnders and Coronation Street. I repeat, there is no way that the good press that this thing has garnered deserved that shoddy ending. And the thing is, it's not even an ending. We're going to have to sit through another year of her being on remand, behind Mm. bars, whatever, then the trial, it reduces this to the Mm. periodic uh, court appearances that happen on Coronation Street, a programme I used to love, and EastEnders. And the other thing is, we've reduced Helen to being an utter, utter victim. Not a woman who could find strength in uh, finding herself and and through you know the uh, the and through the help of a friend and actually saying I am you know I'm strong I can overcome this she's just some pathetic weak soap character and I've said this time and time and time again the Archers has been the Helen Archer show actually for mm. a number of years it actually has it actually has. And she is this complex and great character. You know, she is the protagonist that most people didn't like. Mm-hmm. And, and she yeah. could have reinvented herself slowly, but believably. And this storyline could have been the catalyst for it. And what we have is a sub 1990s Brookside storyline. To say I was disappointed is putting it mildly. I'll repeat. The acting, superb. The writing of that episode, superb. The sound effects people, you know what, they deserve uh, yeah. whatever bonus they're going to get. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know they, 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 yeah. they deserve it. They deserve yeah. it, right? It was an absolutely riveting bit of drama does it serve the archers in the long term absolutely not that's the truth it doesn't serve this thing at all it was a wrong mistake not even a a wrong mistake it was the wrong move to make absolutely averages with the the archers anyway well i would like to think i would like to think i've said what i've said in a somewhat kind of constructive way um I know. But we uh, know, don't we, ultimately, that this was about... Oh, I'm trying really hard to phrase this. Um, 
the long-term interests of the archers were not the foremost concern of the people that designed this storyline. And the fact it's rapid uh, conclusion and dramatic conclusion was linked to other timing. You know what I mean, don't you? I think I know what you mean. And it's hard not to come to that conclusion also. Yeah. And I think, you know, taking, looking at this, you know, from 30,000 feet above, the, they chose the right character for this storyline. You wouldn't have believed it if it was Jolene. You wouldn't have believed it if it was just a, it, wouldn't, it couldn't have been anybody but Helen. They, they chose the right vehicle to show um, nice middle class, middle England, that domestic abuse doesn't just mean um, a slap to a slap to the chops, punches, you know, etc., etc., and that um, abuse can come in in this at the, at the start a more subtle way, and then it could, becomes incredibly uh, corrosive and as damaging as bones being broken and, and bruises mm. to be left on, you know on arms, etc. Mm. And we, whatever I feel about this whole wider thing, I have to acknowledge that I've learnt a lot. And I know many people have, have learnt a lot, that women have been suffering from this type of abuse for years. Mm. And, it, it, you know, so again, you have to say, well done. But we've been subjected to two and a half years of this to end up in Albert Square. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone, we've gone from Ambridge to Albert Square, and mm. it's taken us two and a half years mm. to get there. And the, you know, as I've said before, we 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 watch our Scandi dramas on Netflix. We dig out some rare classic play on BBC Four because we like informed detailed richly layered character drama and we've just been let down spectacularly we really have and everybody that was told to turn up and to deli- and to deliver this did a superb job but they shouldn't have been asked to do it mm. yeah Oof. So you didn't like it then? <laughs> <laughs> You're a bit ambiguous there. I couldn't quite tell. But yeah. <laughs> and, and the other thing is as well. So oh, is there another thing? <laughs> purely as an afterthought. Mm. So let's take Helen out of the mix. But now we've set Henry up to be some kind of weird psycho path for the next 50 years of the archers do you know my son who is 10 i was i didn't let him hear it but he asked me this morning why my twitter was going bing 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 and he said mommy mommy what's going on um and i said uh i said look uh, helen's might have killed rob we don't know if he's dead or not on on the archers and and he was asking me why and i said because he was he was um attacking her and then he was trying to attack her son and and william said well, that's traumatised him for the next 10 years, he said. 
Mm. And, I, and I was trying to explain to William that he that the actor wasn't in the in the studio when he's recorded separately. And William said, "No, I meant in the Archers, not in real life." And I thought, "Oh, we've got a potential Dumpty Dumber here already, Junior Dumpty." <laughs> um, but yes, so but I couldn't quite understand. Sorry for those of you of a squeamish. Did she pull the knife out of him? She, I don't know. If she's pulled it did, out of him, did he but say she pulled it out or something. Did he say he take goes? It out? He goes, oh, Helen, oh, Helen, and she stabs him again. So if there was a witness to that, let's say, not that I'm any kind of legal expert, but obviously he threatens Henry, and to defend Henry, uh, she attacks him. Yeah. So um, to my lizard-like legal brain, um, that's somewhat defensible. Yeah. What then isn't is the fact she delivers a couple of more stabs afterwards. Because right. he very clearly says, oh, Helen, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, ah, and, and goes again. Yeah. Okay. Right. Which I didn't even realise on, on first listening. I was too I know, busy. I, I, I was too busy driving the car and just in shock through Fulham Broadway at, at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I did my usual halfway across the kitchen with a mug and teaspoon in my hand. It all happened, and I sat there with my stood there with my mouth open and didn't move again for thirteen minutes, and then sort of came to at the end of it, thinking, "Oh my god, yes," because um, I, yeah, that. But then, if he when he when he when she stabbed him first, if he went, then went back to her to try and grab her, she she could say she was stabbing him again in self defence. Lemon Lemon Tree, my dear, on the twitters this morning said. Mm. She was hoping that the phone had been left on so that Kirsty could hear what was going well, on, but she didn't, did she? Because no. she then had to ring Kirsty. She Kirstie had to ring her. I got it, all exactly. So did on. so did I. On yeah. on at the end of the first listening, I thought, "Oh crumbs!" And then the more I thought about it, I thought, "Well, actually, no. Kirsty's heard the whole thing, but yeah. no, she hasn't. But no, no, she hasn't. She had to ring her, didn't she? Because she said, "Are you all right? Are you all right?" And um, what I would say is that um, because there is a little bit of chatter saying well is he actually dead and i my initial thought was is he on the cast list for next week well according to uh, amy gilbert uh no um but but his parents are she said his parents are Uh, so so things aren't looking good things are not looking good um but initially i thought he's not dead he's gonna you know he's gonna crawl off in into a into a corner and he's gonna be fine Which yeah. would have been, you know, the most Hollywood of kind yes. of, you know, yeah. uh, twists and whatever. Yeah. Um, but with all of the press, he is dead. There is no way the publicity department of the Beeb wouldn't have been just slightly dampening things and saying, oh, but let's just see what happens. Yes. He is dead. Okay. The Daily Mail said dead, didn't they? Yeah. And we know how reliable they are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we do the, the 750 billion calls. Yes, why not? Hello, Ambridge 3962. Right, if I whiz through your call, chaps, it's not because I don't love you and it's not because the call wasn't really good and whatever else. It's just that we have got so many and so many emails. I can't, we can't spend our usual 15 minutes wittering on uh so sorry in advance susie from wisconsin 
Hello, you two. This is Susie calling from Wisconsin in the United States. Longtime listener, first time caller interer. I work in information technology, querying a healthcare database. So I guess if we ever find ourselves forming a post-apocalyptic dumpty dum community uh, and we need a database queried, I'm your girl. I've been listening to dumpty dum since the first big storyline I remember is Elizabeth stopping speaking to David because she decided it was David's fault that Nigel fell off the roof. So I never did know Nigel. I just only ever knew, knew of Nigel. And the thing that I called in to talk about today was just to echo everybody's frustration with, um, with the women of Ambridge. And uh, in particular, the, the business conversation that um, Royfield and Lucy, you had a couple of episodes ago, really piqued my interest. I think there are a lot of strong business women models um, on the show. And at the same time, there's a lot of frustration that doesn't make very much sense. And the example that I'm thinking of is Lillian working for Justin in exchange for a credit card that he gives to her sort of under the table and presumably can take away whenever he decides he wants to take it away. And um, I was really annoyed by this arrangement. And, and then a couple episodes of The Archers later, there was a scene where Brian... Brian was working on something outside, a motor of some sort. And I think it was Jim who came up to him and said, oh, hey, Brian, I see you're, you're messing about with that motor. And Brian said, I'm not messing about, I'm servicing it. And um, while we don't obviously want Lillian to be saying she's either messing about with or servicing Justin Elliott, I think that she could really take a page from Brian's book in saying, you know, if you want a PR person, a marketing person, someone who can massage your persona, ha, that sounds like a euphemism now too. When I'm talking to you, everything suddenly sounds like a euphemism. But you know what I mean, like be your, your handler. Okay, I'm just gonna stop, but I think you know what I mean. Uh, uh, and you know, I want a title, I want a salary, I want business cards. You know, none of this, will you help me in exchange? You can have this credit card to go buy pretty dresses. So annoying. Hi, Dumpty Dum. This is Susie from Wisconsin Calling. A physician once told me that exsanguination is actually a really peaceful way to die, apart, obviously, from the trauma that probably precedes it. Either way, I think it's, it's too comfortable a death for Rob. And I think he's still alive. He better still be alive. Susie Love, we are in a post-apocalyptic world after last night. I couldn't sleep. I feel, I, I, honestly, I feel as if a bomb has gone off. A lot of people, I have to t sort of, we're doing the calls. Some people called before Sunday with just their usual chatter about what had happened. And then we had another call later on going, oh my God, I've just heard. So some of these, some of these calls will be welded together. For example, this one was Susie's call in the beginning and then it was Susie's call uh a post post the stabbing so she so we're, we're putting them both together is that all right Roy if we do that yeah yeah absolutely um yes she's she's talking about uh, you know Lillian working for Justin in exchange for a credit card to buy dresses um I know ridiculous but you know Lillian is she's just a bit of a burk about blokes isn't she 
sadly. I really wish she wasn't because I love Lily. You know, that's the one that's the one thing about her that really drives me nuts. But, you know, everyone's got their weaknesses and that's hers, sadly. Mm. Um, Everyone has their kryptonite. Yes. Rob, where did she stab him? I'm really hoping it was the nuts. <laughs> well, stabbing someone in the nuts is not going to be fatal. No. no you're going to lose Ugh. you're going to lose a lot of blood. Yeah. You're going to lose a lot of blood, but, but it's it... indignity. <laughs> well, if it was the world of the walking dead, you need to stab him in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Chop it off. No, no, no. Just stab him in the head. As long as that knife goes into the brain, it kill. It, it does something Terrible to the to the brain. Whatever it's called. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, a bit of the, the stem brain, their brain stem, and then uh, then he'll. A bit that's like a cauliflower. That bit. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm guessing it was just in the guts. Do you know what was the bit that made me made my blood run cold, and the fury in me actually felt visible. Well, I'm guessing it would have been just about all of it from when Kirsty was basically caught there and he goes, hello, darling, and then Kirsty nope, had to run nope, around nope, the back. Nope, that nope. Made... It was the tuna. Really? It was the tuna bake. It was the fact that he, I think Goddess Diva talks about this as well, that he had, that was an absolute, that first thing, it was like a flag to us all. I am going to reject what you have done for me and make you feel inadequate and make it feel as if something you have worked really hard on Mm. is completely uh, is a failure. And it's your fault for not paying enough attention to me because you are not as good as you think you are. And then her kind of, oh, I'm sorry, Rob, I had no idea. Well, I did tell you, Helen. No, you must have forgotten. Oh, yes, silly me. I'll tell you what, I'll cook you something else, shall I? And then that, and for him to go so glibly, I love tuna. It's the ni- This is the nicest thing you've ever cooked. And someone, Jacqueline Berto, said, how come she cooked tuna if she knew that he hated it? It's because she knew she had that conversation with Jess had suddenly... Mm brought everything into sharp relief for her and she'd realised that everything he had been doing for two years, it wasn't like 80% of the time he was nice, 20% of the time he was just a bit controlling or just a bit over the top or just a bit overprotective, that she had been the victim of a game the whole way through, a deliberate attempt Mm. to make her feel delusional. And it was it was it was that it was the try the glee in his voice when he said, I love tuna. And you could see this standoff, this their eyes locking well, and her thinking, I know. And him knowing that she knew, do you have OK, now, you know, do you have the bollocks to do anything about this? Well, I thought so. Let's give you so I was at Fulham Broadway when he got it in the guts. I was round about <laughs> Wandsworth <laughs> when that tuna bake line was delivered right <laughs> and i said to myself okay here we come it's going to be you know beyonce it's going to be single ladies it's going to be yeah. you know woman <laughs> reinventing herself sisters doing it for themselves yada 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 and and i thought okay all right and then what we're going to have here is she is going to be able to get out of there yeah. with henry yeah. Not, not without a screaming match and without and I thought this is the I thing the he's going to go in his face that's what I thought she's going to chuck it at I him. just thought you strong clever woman yeah. give yeah. him the tuna bake 
he eats it, you tell him, you know what, you're full of shit, Rob. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's going to grab Henry. He's going to be there foaming and throffing at the mouth, screaming and shouting. People, somebody in the village is going to see. And then we're going to have the next two years where she just surgically, intelligently, psychologically takes yeah. the man to pieces. Mm. Yeah. That's what I'm paying my license fee for. <laughs> if, I'm paying mine for garden as well. You know yeah. what? Yeah. I saw Batman versus Superman last yeah. week, right? Rubbish, Lucy. Absolute tripe it was right and i paid right i had to pay for my brother my e-shirt my little niece so i'm i ponied up best part of like i don't know 30 quid for mm-hmm. that right i expect cliche mm-hmm. and crap to be honest mm-hmm. with you and buildings to fall down because i'm paying my money for batman versus superman if i am paying my license fee i want intelligence Mm. i really do i want subtlety i want degrees of shade but ultimately i want to be i want instructive drama and you got brookside and i I got brookside with a little bit of cory with Mm. lashings of eastenders Mm. kirsty shouted leave it ellen i'm worth it Rob, shut it, you slag. <laughs> you're going down. <laughs> oh, I've my throat now. <laughs> <sighs> right, next, Titian73. Hello, it's Titian here from the southernmost tip of the Cotswolds. I thought I'd phone with another plot prediction, although my last one about the Easter eggs causing um, some long-term love has not yet Uh, come true but there's still time my plot prediction this time is not so nice there's plenty of talk about how rob could kill helen but i actually wonder if it could potentially go the other way around Uh, but because she hasn't told anyone and everyone's talking about how wonderfully supportive he is um, and how difficult she is i wonder if perhaps i really bloody hope not but um, i wonder if perhaps that might happen and, uh, and then we'll struggle with Kirsty being the only one who actually twigged what was really going on. Uh, but that would be really horrible and it would never end. So I really don't hope, I really do hope that doesn't happen. Um, but hey, there are lots of other plot lines. I love how vile Peggy was recently. That was brilliant. Uh, bring it on a bit more. Anyway, catch you soon. Bye. My mm. God, woman, what are the lottery numbers? You guessed it absolutely <laughs> right. She then, after it happened, she then tweeted us and said, did you hear my call? Did you hear my call? She wanted to make sure that we, we knew that she'd rung in before she heard it. Yes, you were absolutely right. Um, yes. No, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. But my first thought, even though I know Brookside, I know Helen's now in colossal shit, blah, 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 blah. But I still thought, I still felt relieved because it was like a balloon popping. It was the tension went and I felt relieved Uh. right with a spoon hey baby I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs mercy Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Demers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, back from our warm but somewhat soggy holiday in Florida. I should add that Angus behaved very well and sat very still on the airplane, so I did not have to take away any of his treats or toys and throw them in the bin. 
We heard most of this week's episodes after we arrived home, and it made for particularly difficult listening. As Lucy and Royfield had discussed last week, the story that shall not be named is now overshadowing everything else that is occurring in Ambridge right now. Oh, Alf is a thief, Toby is a slob, Linda is a diva, and Dan is an honorable man. All small potatoes. We are both riveted to and revolted by what is happening to Helen. I'm going to now call this Helen's story because ultimately it's the story of how an emotionally controlled and abused and physically and sexually assaulted woman first gains the insight into what has slowly been happening to her and then gathers the courage and strength to leave her abuser. So glad for the presence of Kirsty, and I'm now happy that she hasn't needed the assistance of Tom in this mission of helping to save her friend. And a few weeks ago, I was thinking that Jess would have an important part to play in helping to open Helen's eyes to the situation that she is in. As we all heard, Friday's episode is the key in turning this situation around. Helen is now gaining the insight, but she will still need the strength and courage to leave. For this, I think she will need the help of her mother. I do believe that Pat will see the light and protect her daughter, much like Helen will protect Henry. Sai, the next few weeks, or will it be months, are going to be rough, so I'm going to hold husband's hand and Angus's paw while listening to the goings-on in Ambridge. Talk to you next week. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. I agree with I really thought it was going to be a Tom and Krusty plot device. I thought it would play out for much longer. There's still and I th- time for that, though. Yeah, I thought it would be Tom witnessing something and Tom and Krusty working together to, to sort of... Um, I thought that it would that they'd sort of spring her from the house and take her away and, and hide her. But I suppose during the court case and everything, then they'll still pull together, won't they? And mm. then they'll get together. Mm. Not that Tom deserves Krusty, because quite frankly, I'm not sure Benedict Cumberbatch deserves Krusty, because I think she should be Queen and Prime Minister. Um, Glyn Fuller Love is in shock because of Ruth's <laughs> laughing scene. <laughs> Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. I know many listeners have found listening to the Archers almost unbearable over the last few weeks. And last night, Friday, April the 1st, I reached the same point. The moment in the recording was, of course, when Ruth started telling David through gales of supposed laughter about Bert's trick with the stock cube in the shower. This was appalling to listen to. And I know Kerry Davis sometimes listens to the podcast and Kerry and other Archer's scriptwriters. If you ever do anything like this ever again, I will not listen to the Archer's for a whole Saturday. That was one of the weirdest. We've had a couple of examples. This, Let's just say we've had a couple of examples this week mm. of, I think, such fantastic acting from Timothy Watson and Louisa Petit, whose name I can't pronounce. Louisa Tzatziki, let's call her that. Um, we've seen some <laughs> fantastic examples of acting, which I think, unfortunately, has highlighted some of the not-so-good acting. Well, Is it to... safe to say that? I would say I, maybe uh... Jess, not brilliant, and maybe Ruth's laughing acting, not brilliant. Well, 
I think I think the Ruth <laughs> laughing acting is a bit harsh. I just think she was told yes to Find laugh. This funny. Why Fun, exactly? <laughs> and 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 keep going. Need a life and, a and for that, you know, I applaud her because she kept going. But yeah. the whole thing was just ridiculous and uh-huh. wasn't that funny uh-huh. and was just so ridiculously bizarre. I presume it's put there to show that Bert yeah. um, is really bonding with them. That's the whole no, point. It's supposed to show apparently because re- the, the the silly old plot liney thing that they put on the on the on the you know where they tell you the little synopsis. Mm. They said um, uh, Bert, Bert, um, oh, what is it? Establishes leadership or Bert. Uh, Bert, reass- re- Bert asserts himself or something. It was a way of making Toby, because he didn't do it to Rex. He deliberately did it to Toby. Um, so he was trying to he was trying to say that to Toby that he wasn't going to take any shit. Because obviously, rather than just having a conversation and saying, "Could you be a bit more mature?" You would put a stock cube in a shower head. But you know, that's what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Did slightly worry me though when he was talking to Frida. When he said, Frida said, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I thought, we're not going to have another dementia storyline, are we? Not another one! But anyway. Okay. Jacqueline Berthaud. Hi, this is Jacqueline Berthaud from Sanguen in central Brittany. I've been thinking about this story of the money disappearing uh, from the church and Alf being blamed and that message that um, Eddie left on his phone... It's all going to go terribly wrong, I think, if the story's followed through and well, recent history is that stories aren't followed through. Maybe it, won't, it will turn out not to be Alf at all. Um, well, I suppose we'll have to wait and see with that one. Um, most irritating character, oh, that Dorothy. Oh, Dorothy, she really got on my wick. Um but I don't know why, because Shula already irritates me quite a bit, so maybe they were just two alike, but, oh, perfect mother-in-law, daughter-in-law material. Still don't get the joke about the Dorothy thing, because she's obviously turned out to be a real person, and everybody said, of course he's a friend of Dorothy. Well, of course he is, but why is there a Dorothy? And who would call their child Dorothy? She can't be that old. What is Dorothy? Who is she? Well... No, sorry, who is Dorothy? What is she? Uh, The reason that we've got a Dorothy is because we're going to have a Dan and Dorothy back in Ambridge again. Mm. Um, Because uh, one of the outgoing editor's um, uh, missions was to kind of not only do what he did with the Helen and Rob storyline, but also uh, to kind of um, reestablish the original... um, the sense of longevity and the the kind of the... the, 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 uh, the heartbeat of the of the original archers the dynasty element you know these 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 families the the, the legacy that that the recurring legacy sort of thing so uh we yes we'll have a dan and dorothy back in ambridge and i think that's the point but so far dorothy really really needs to develop a personality that doesn't make her infinitely punchable because at the moment that's all it is mm. yokel bear is using his sexy sexy voice because he has got a nasty virus First of all, apologies for the croaky voice. Um, I've had a virus the last fortnight or so that's attacked my vocal cords, apparently. I'm calling in after the Sunday episode. The first thing is, is that it's a massive relief in a way because she's free in the most awful of circumstances. 
but she's taken the power back. And I know, you know, about, the, you know, the old thing about violence and what have you, but she was driven to that. He made her so frightened and so scared that all she could do was lash out. There's absolutely no way that Helen is at fault in any of this. Um, I think, like a lot of people, I spent the episode pacing up and down, and then when it came to a conclusion, I literally just sat down in the chair and burst into tears, and I'm not ashamed to say that. Um, It felt... It's been such a hard slog to get to this point. Um, But the main thing was it was almost tears of relief because, you know, to see a woman be free of that is just a really powerful thing. As you know, I've been a critic of this, some aspects of this storyline. And, but I think this was just an amazing episode. Um, And we'll just have to see where the storyline goes. Relief, 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 relief. Hoorah, I agree with you, no compare. And sorry, I am hurtling through these, aren't I? Mm. Um, Andrew Horn. I am here, Lucy. I know, I'm sorry. Well, do feel free to chip in. I don't no, know what I'm telling you to do. That. I did it's suck not. the oxygen out of the room at the start of uh, <laughs> of this show. So f- feel free to put some balance back into the into the universe by just talking on by yourself. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. I just want to say, uh, first of all, I haven't listened to Friday or Sunday's episode, so I don't know what I've missed, although my the Twitter feeds are... Uh, indicating it's uh, fairly epic. Um, but just from um, the the scene about uh, Rob throwing away Henry's toy, um, he's five. Why can't he enjoy uh, toys, soft toys and plush? Um, my little uh, six-year-old uh, will quite happily spend his last penny adding to his collection of uh, soft toys. Uh, so many, so much so that he can barely get into bed. There are so many. And I think if he found me throwing one in the bin, he would probably kill me. So maybe uh, the uh, undoing of Tichinob and his murder will be by Henry. And if so, well, who can blame him? I agree, Andrew. Um, there is nothing wrong with a, ch- a small child, no matter what Rob and, and, and Piggy think. There is absolutely nothing wrong with a child having a transitional object uh, of a teddy bear or a rabbit or whatever. And in fact, it is psychologically healthy. Uh, so to both of them ah, New York Nigel Hello Lucy and Royfield thanks for the nice things you said last week it's New York Nigel here and thank you Royfield for the clap words I never imagined I'd say somehow uh, thanks also for the theme you chose. There are quite a few English people in New York, and a few of us were featured in a photography book with Sting a few years ago, from rat catchers to some Broadway designers. But I have to say I sound like a complete twerp in the interview part of the book, so don't try looking it up. Just a couple of small things this week. First of all, isn't it lovely to hear Ruth laugh again after all she's been through? No no wonder those cows are kicking out. I'd probably do the same thing if I was anywhere near that. And secondly, I'm no big fan of Peggy, 
but in her defence, she does remind snooty Jennifer of her humble origins from time to time. She was married to that horrible alcoholic Jack for years, not second Jack, first Jack. She eventually came round to Adam and Ian. Remember that check shirt incident? And she's got a wicked sense of humour, which Lillian seems to have inherited. So I was a bit sorry when she was sacrificed on the altar of the story that won't be named to become a, an old small-minded, hateful, reactionary biddy to provide some sort of backdrop to the binning of Henry's little brown rabbit. It's, it's only a small thing, but poor 90-year-old Peggy deserves better than that. She's always reminded me a bit of the Queen Mother. And I don't think that she'd really react that way around Henry after she was put through sensitivity training when her own son had his lights kicked out by Otto the Bull. And, oh, thirdly, what a piece of work that Dorothy's going to turn out to be. I secretly hope that she'll give Shuler as good as she gets. And that's all for this week, single sheets and all. I'm off to a little post-Easter break in the hills of Western Massachusetts, so might not be able to call again soon. But meanwhile, thanks for the great work and all my best to fellow Dumpty Dummers. Hello, bye for now. A footnote here from New York, Nigel, after an earlier call, just in case you decide to talk about Sunday's episode, which I listened to because I'm going to be in a place where there's no uh, internet connection uh, next week. Now, when I said a few weeks ago that it won't be over until Helen says it's over, I have to say that I wasn't expecting that, certainly not so soon, but it's right in the scriptwriter's playbook. They get you to love or hate someone for all the right or, or the wrong reasons, and then they snatch the ground from under you and they oblige you to see the moral ambiguity in all sorts of situations. It's actually one of the things I do in my job. Linda is insufferable, but she stepped in after Kathy was raped. At one point, way back in the 80s, the Grundy's life of petty crime and violence drove everybody to look their downfall, but our hearts went out to them when they were thrown out of their farm. Susan is spiteful and gossipy. I've never forgotten what she had to say about Alan and Usha and Shula to the press. But she loves a husband, she loves her children, and she's a fierce defender of village life when it's threatened. Ruth is a dreary drip, let's face it, but she's stuck by her husband and her children in the face for all the odds. And at one point, Lillian, the sainted Lillian, was a shady tax dodger who was lurking in the sunshine of the Channel Islands when everybody else was struggling with gloomy 70s and the 80s. She was, frankly, an overly permed cow, but her husband died and she came home. Nobody gets what we think they deserve in Ambridge, and that's why I like this programme so much. Nobody gets what they really deserve in real life either. And I think that's why I still trust the scriptwriters in the face of this wacky turn in the plot. Is Helen a borderline personality exploited by a narcissistic abuser? Is she guilty of murder or manslaughter, or will she be acquitted on the grounds of self-defence? This is all really off the cuff and within five minutes of listening to the programme. So, 
you know, I'm sorry for the women or the men who are in abusive relationships who don't see stabbing as a sensible or workable solution to their problems. And I'm cross that the sanctimonious press around this story has claimed that it's all as true to life as possible. That's not a way out for many, many, many people in domestic abuse. Good luck to Helen and Robot Henry. She won't be short of lemon drizzle cake or kale salad if she ends up in Holloway. And good luck with this story to Lucy and Royfield. You can do it. New York Nigel, over and out. Uh, is amazed that Ruth wasn't kicked to death by the cows <laughs> in the laughing scene. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I know, Peggy, Peggy, you'd think she'd have learned something um, about sensitivity to other, empathy, sensitivity to other people's feelings with the whole, you know, her son just not understanding him at all. Uh, but in my experience, sensitivity training doesn't last very long uh, with some people. Um and yes, nobody gets what they really deserve in fiction or in real life. So we'll just have to wait and see what Rob ends up with. That's not true. The baddies always get what's coming to them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in in well, yeah, I was going to say in in light in light fiction, you know, in superficial fiction. But then, if that's what you think this that was, don't you? So. Mm. Then, then somehow Helen will get off, and uh, Rob will be will be exposed for the hideous monster that he is. Morgan from New York. I'm not sure that but was. Ju- but just just whilst we're on on that, because we're just doing soapy tropey parallels here. But Mandy Jordash did yeah. go behind bars. Yes, she did. And then there's a then there was the whole free the Brookside One campaign, and yep. it wasn't even talked about in Parliament, and all kind yep. of nonsense. So, you know, I can't see how she. They're not going to do anything daft like hide the body, are they? No, well, that would be too Brookside. Crusty and you know that you know that would be too Brookside. But I can't see how she can't she won't get a custodial sentence. I cannot see. Um, or at least sentence, it could be. Really, I suppose there is because just of, because about... of coercive control. I think this. I think this whole storyline was built around the the um, the arrival of the of the coercive control uh, bill, the passing of. And it has to be said that in my initial thoughts are well, they're just going to literally, you know, th- lock you up and throw away the key. Um, but then had to remember back to the fact that she did a nurse kind of psych evaluation. No, not in, in the psych evaluation. Does, no, she didn't say that Robert hit her. But when she calls refuge, yeah, she did say that the, he had he had raped her, yeah. and there'd been a physical altercation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Though, is that recorded and can that be used in evidence? Well, I don't know. Apparently, you need to have an ID number. And I don't think she stayed on the phone long enough to get it because Rob came back in. The court, the person that she was calling at refuge said, can I give you a case number, Helen, mm. in case you need to ring in again? And she said, no, I won't. Everything's fine. Anymore. I've got to go now blah, 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 and went. Because, so, well, well, then we all know then that in terms of the evidence mm. that he... Um, 
was a monster in terms of independent witnesses is pretty scant. Well, it's Jess and Kirsty. It's Jess and Kirsty. And Jess is a social worker, they remember, so she will be shit hot on stuff like coercive control. Obviously not. Because she ended up being in a relationship with the man. Yeah, I know, but you know what I mean. She, now, she'll know. Mm. Anyway. Um, have we got any more calls? Because this is just wild speculation now. Considering no, that neither of us are... Oh, God, all right. Go on then, love. New York, Nigel. Crack on. <laughs> Trot on. New York, Nigel. Hi, it's Morgan from New York. Morgan NYNY on Twitter. I just finished listening to what I'm going to call the Helen episode. I just wanted to call in and say that we spend a lot of time talking about having friends listen to The Archers and thinking, oh, no, not that episode. Oh, no, no, that episode was boring, etc. This was the episode we want people to hear. That's all. Bye. No, not New York, Nigel. I've done him. Morgan from New York. Yeah, he says that, you know, when we when it's like the Flower and Produce show and people say, shall I give this Archers thing a go? We go, no, not this week. Not this week. No, they're talking about curtains. Don't. Um. But uh, yes, maybe that was the episode we want people to hear. People who listen to Dare, watch Daredevil and stuff like that would have quite liked it. Um, Claire Page. Hello, this is Claire Page. I'm a first time caller in. I'm a Brit who lives in northern France and I've been an Archer's listener since 2000. No, 1989. I was going to say 2009. <clears throat> Sorry if I make mistakes, but I'm tired. Um, I. I'm not sure whether I can blame the archers for a rather restless night, um, but here I am to comment on last night's episode, as I'm sure a lot of people are doing today. Um, much as I wanted Rob to stop bullying Helen, I didn't expect it to end the way it did. I hoped Helen would leave or something would happen without any violence, but in the end, with Rob threatening her and daring her to kill herself, frightening Henry. Helen felt it was the right thing to do. May have done it on impulse and she wouldn't be violent normally, but uh, even though I don't condone what Helen did, I can totally understand why she did it. I know I had a restless night too, Claire. I couldn't sleep at all. I didn't get to sleep till about two o'clock in the morning because I was excited and worried. Um... Yes, I also hoped she would leave, obviously. And when he sort of dared her to kill herself, there's only two ways it can go, really. She'd either kill herself or kill him. Um, but I think it is very, very hard in a small village to do stuff without everybody knowing. You know, if she'd left, she'd have had to have... For a start, he's got her car keys. She'd have had to have got Kirsty involved. Kirsty lives with Roy. Roy would have said, what are you doing? You know, you cut. You could if you're in a big city, it's much easier to escape. There are many more ways you can escape. There's not even a sodding taxi firm in Ambridge. You know, everything would require. And she's got to ring someone, and he's got her phone. And you know, it's. I think it is really hard to escape. And I think we are maybe underestimating the difficulty of that when we're saying, "Oh, she should have just run away." I think it's much harder. Mm. No, and I think the whole point of. Uh... Uh, domestic abuse and coercive control is that you know, for the most part it's not only just hidden anyway whether you're in a city or the countryside you know because you know what goes on between you know husband and wife you know within four walls you know people just don't see anyway mm. but then it's the control element isn't it that that yeah. person uh, the victim isn't acting rationally because they mix even, even even when that person is being abusive towards them, they still have uh, 
love and in, you know in emotional feelings towards them and then there is security yeah. um relative security that they still might feel then there is the the safety of the child etc mm-hmm. so there are many reasons why that person won't do the most seemingly rational thing so mm. yes yeah hello everybody it's amy gilbert here responding to tonight's offering uh well i i don't quite know what to say never in all my days of of watching slash listening to anything have I been reduced to a quivering wreck like I was tonight. Now, the question is, is he dead? I think so, because I've had a sneaky look at the cast list and Mummy and Daddy Tichinob are turning up this week. I think it's this week or next week. Either or. That actor unavailability that Kerry Davies was uh, talking about, was that Rob, I wonder? Am I getting too involved? I don't know. We shall find out tomorrow, won't we? Hands up, who listened again? I did. Anyway, I will speak to you all soon. Bye. Amy Gilbert, listen twice. You're very brave, Amy. I'm not even going to listen to it again at lunchtime because I don't think I can bear it. <laughs> um, and she says, my being Daddy Tichinob appear next week. I'd like to hear Daddy Tichinob. I'm looking forward to that in a grim sort of way. Sarah Brown speaking. I just think he's going to sound like some retired colonel. Hmm. Mm. And he's going to say, well, the girl's clearly mad. And, and he's going to try and take over. He's going to try and adopt Henry, isn't he? And the, and the, and the new sprog. And get mm. custody of them, I think, the parents are. Just whilst we're on this, um, you know, there's not even a taxi firm in Ambridge. Where exactly is Blossom Hill Cottage? On the greater map oh, of Oh, God, Ambridge? I never know where anything is. I'm always amazed when people say, no, that's ridiculous because he wouldn't even have gone past their gate to get to there. I think, how the bloody hell do you know this stuff? Cosmo. Cosmo will know. Or look on the map on the site. Well, I'm looking at the map on the site and it's not there. It's a reason. I can see where Glebe is. I can see where Woodbine is, the, the police house, the, which never gets mentioned anymore. Um, Honeysuckle Cottage. Can't see Blossom Hill. Can't see it. Hmm. It's a shame they named it after um, an appalling wine, isn't it? <laughs> 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 Ernest and Julio Gallo. That was so <laughs> very Islington of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking today, all right, that that's what Radio Four is, isn't it? It's it's the it's the <laughs> urban literati. Yes. You know, in an holy alliance with Middle England. You know, so it's Islington and Sunningdale put yeah. together. That is Radio Four, isn't it? So hence you can say something like what you've just said. <laughs> Sarah Brown. Can we do Sarah Brown? Sarah Brown speaking. Good morning, dum dum It's Sarah Brown here. Goodness, how exciting was last night. There was I in my kitchen. Actually, it was dark outside. It was getting quite spooky and quite unpleasant. And I really loved it. I just think it's going to be very odd if I listen to it again at lunchtime today when all the world is bristling outside with sunshine and birdsong and all the rest of it. Um, and as for those people who say, spoilers, spoiler alert, oh dear, I didn't hear it, now I know what the end was. Well, do you know what? I think programme makers make their programmes because they want you to listen to them as they happen. And if you weren't there, you weren't there. So bad luck. I think it was fab. Let's hope that um, let's hope that there is more to be said about Rob Titchener. Let's hope he isn't actually dead. Let's hope he was pretending. Let's hope he's just got a little bit of a bleed. And let's just hope that... Um, Helen was just a bit scared by the sight of blood and 
you know, just in her fearful heightened state as she has been for so long. Um, I think it'll run and run. And uh, let's look forward to more. OK, thanks a lot. Bye. She says she wants him to be pretending because everyone said, oh, God, if he's dead, he's just got away with it, hasn't he? And now she's going to suffer. But mm. we want him on the. We want him in yeah. the book. We want him explaining how all these things happened, and we want the whole village to know what a gitty is. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Emily, the au pair, calling from Paris. Long time no call, but I really couldn't not call in. I've just sped listened to the omnibus and Sunday's episode this Monday morning as the kids went to school, and uh, all I can say is, "Oh my God." Ah, I can't believe this has happened. Like I am, I, I am, I am calling you from the kitchen where I am hunched over a counter, staring into a cup of tea. How? How? What? How? What? What? Ah! Oh, no, I am totally gobsmacked. It's just incredible, but. I've been thinking, I have been thinking madly for the last 20 minutes, like how we can get out of this situation. And maybe there are more qualified Dumpty Dummers out there. But before I was an au pair, I was actually at law school. And I I think that we, uh, that the only way Helen can possibly uh, get out of a murder charge at the moment is by using a defense of loss of control under Section 54 of the Coroners and Justice Act 2009. But um, just, oh my God, I was supposed to be at French class 20 minutes ago, but I'm not because I haven't quite recovered. Okay, I'm going to carry on staring into this tea for another 10 minutes, but uh, bisous and au revoir. Emily Thompson, Emily Thomas, sorry, Emily. This is the most incoherent call we've ever had from Emily Thomas, who is normally incredibly, has a lovely Radio 4 voice. Um, she's like Sarah Brown in training. Um, and she sounds like a gibbering idiot, quite frankly, in a very lovely way. <laughs> Emily, yes, you are, you are in the state that I was in uh, in the first 10 minutes after hearing it. Um, but she says she's got to do the defence of loss of control. But this was all before, because the law has changed now because of coercive control, you no longer have to, it's, it's except it is considered um, abuse that somebody can control your, uh, your thoughts and your life and can affect the regular day-to-day choices that you make. If somebody is controlling that, that's coercive control. So it will be, that will feature heavily, I would suggest, in uh, any forthcoming legal action. Um, who lives at Manor Court? I don't know. Honestly, Was, I don't wasn't know that one of those uh, properties that Matt and Lillian developed? Mm. Anyway, I've now found Manor where... Close is the, is the old people's No, place. no, it's not Manor Close, it's Matt oh, Manor Court. I don't know. Um, Where's Blossom Hill Blossom Cottage? Hill Cottage is way to the northern edge of And Ambridge. how far away is it from Kurt Krusty? Oh, it's... It, well... It's it, a long way, isn't it? it, it because it, it, yeah. Was yeah, long... yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she would have to be tromping down village lanes with, with Henry and... and Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm not sure I should get this in time. I've only just listened to the, in inverted commas, episode. I don't even know if you're going to include it in today's episode. It's always Auntie Jean, by the way. 
Uh, but I guess you guessed that from the accent. Speechless. Wow. Wow. We can only hope, can't we, that um, poor old Helen doesn't end up in prison forever. She might, especially if he's not dead. If she thinks he's dead, he might not be, it occurs to me. Anyway, gosh, well, it had to sort of end, didn't it, at some point. And if the scriptwriters have been in touch with Refuge, then it must have happened in real life um, to, to, to lots of people, I guess, that they've just completely lost it and hurt their partners. Anyway, now the dog's joining in. She's a titchy not hater too. Um, I'll speak to you soon. Oh, gosh. Bye. Auntie Jean says, oh, gosh. Yeah, I think that's accurate, Auntie Jean. I think we can all, hand on heart, say, oh, gosh. Um, and we need to end up with Goddess Diva, for whom this storyline has had particular resonance and who has championed Helen throughout and uh, fought ferociously uh, against Tichinob. And uh, she's very upset in the call, and you can completely understand why. But she says, all worth it. Mm. Not so sure myself. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's um, a very shaking goddess Dira here. Just ringing just to let you all know that after tonight's episode and the finally the denouement, that I'm holding all of your hands and hugging you all close and never letting any of you go. I wanted to say thank you for the massive, massive support network that has been Twitter and the Facebook groups and hope, beyond hope, that if it's helped one woman, just one, get out of this situation, what this whole two and a half years has been worth it. And we knew this was going to happen, didn't we? As soon as he, she said the word tuna bake, because that fucking bastard pretended he hated it. And all of us who knew right back from then, right back from that tuna bake moment all that time ago, what he was like, and everybody went, no, he's just a manly man. Fuck you all for a start. And though it feels awful to say I told you so because Helen's got so much more coming I fucking well told you so okay now is not the time for for dancing now is the time for bracing ourselves for the shit that Helen's going to go through with the legal system and hoping upon hope that Jess comes forward and says what he was like um right I'm I'm going to go and get back to a completely melted down and yet loving and compassionate place today that is Twitter and love you all. Goddess Diva out. Well, she said it's worth it if it makes one woman, I think just Paul, what Tr- Paul Truman's raised kind of makes it worth it, really. Mm. It does make it easier to uh, get through yeah. that finishing line of £100,000, that, you know, because, you know, the, you can't, open up an internet page which has uh, the word news attached to it without seeing the archers you know whether yeah. it's the guardian or whether it's the daily mail or the mirror yeah. or whatever um so yes but i i just think that the whole cause has been somewhat ill-served with this soapy tropey ending but i'm just repeating myself um lucy i'm gonna rattle through the emails now oh I'm just going to give this um, a little bit of a slight content break because I had um, I played Trivial Pursuit last week 
and uh, played it. And it was a rather old Trivial Pursuit, about early 90s. Um, what was the name of Jack Willie's dog, Lucy? Uh, Captain. Well done. I answered that correctly. And which Archer's character was as a swimming attendant and also an ice cream salesman? Nigel. Of course, of course, of course. I couldn't believe... The two questions, because they obviously weren't shuffled properly, came back to back. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, I didn't get a little cheese slice, though. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But everybody's like, people groaned when the first... Was, oh, come on. How fair is that? <laughs> then the second question came, and everybody's like, oh, come on, this is a fix. I, it wasn't my Trivial Pursuit board. But so... Maybe there's somebody out there could tell us what year Trivial Pursuit uh, board actually has those archers questions and how many does it actually have? Because I was shocked uh, beyond belief that there was not one but two archers questions in a, on the Trivial Pursuit board. <laughs> and uh, uh, of that level of detail as well. Because it yes. wasn't like name the BBC long running soap. No. No, yes. Mm. So, yes. Someone will know. Someone, Someone will know, so please uh, email in or call her in or in or tweet in or Facebook uh, in, please. Or even forum in. There you go. I'm going to whiz through some emails. I'm going to edit heavily, so forgive me, chaps, but you don't want to be here for the next fortnight. Um, Olivia Ellery did the same that everyone else did. Um, uh, sent in a lovely... Uh, my favourite character, I've been listening since then. I pick my, I hate Rob. My favourite character is Lillian and she says, I hope I'm like her when I'm her age. Immediately followed by, oh my God, I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> um, uh, as much as I hated Rob, I didn't want him dead. I am off to clean the microwave as my porridge opened <laughs> I was listening. Uh, speak to you soon, Olivia. I think you will probably call in. Um, there Nancy isn't much Dickens. leeway. You know, when you microwave your porridge, there no. isn't much leeway. It's either no. undercooked or just will just throth over. over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Pebble dashed your microwave, pretty much. Uh, Nancy Dickey. Hello, Nancy. We haven't seen her for a long time. Um, she said, I want... Well, I want, uh, she describes Rob as the odious puddle of bottom of the swing bin slime. Uh, she says we want him to survive because we want some resolution to Culvertgate. So much effort by the scriptwriters was put into that storyline. It was essentially the crux of the whole ruddy flood. Perhaps, plus, David had such strong suspicions about it being Rob. We need Titchenob to get his comeuppance for the culvert. And Stefan, is he alive or not? Plus, it would be a huge bonus to get Charlie back. Just stick another knife in. Not literally, let's not go overboard. If for no other reason than it would make yokel bears, yeah. Uh, that's it, she says. Thank you. Um... Lonnie, but, um, uh, sorry, Witherspoon is with you, Royf. I am disappointed in the script writers. Abused spouses either stay in the relationship and sadly the abuse will often escalate or figure out how to leave. While there are cases of the abused killing their tormentors, it's very rare. Why shouldn't Helen have successfully left Rob and rebuilt her life? Wouldn't that have been a better but still realistic message to the public? Now we have a drawn out soap opera trial to look forward to and Helen, no matter what the outcome, will be forever scarred. Did he just like inhabit my brain? He did. That's quite weird. 
Uh, I thought that Helen was going to turn things around, but she made the mistake of thinking her abuser would react rationally and empathically to her decision to leave. Yours in dumpty dumhood, he says. Yours in <laughs> terrible cortex with a spoon. Um, uh, Doreen Tyler, looking at the spoilers, I think Helen will have the baby this week. The shock and trauma will bring it on. Uh, oh, well, in the words of Martin Luther King, Helen is free at last. Uh, maybe he'll be resurrected, though. Hope not. I hope not. Um, Cosmo, on your side also, Royf. So he hands her his phone. I know. I was thinking Rob's phone is surgically attached to him. There is no way he would, hand, he would have handed her his phone. She finds a number that all other men would have deleted. Also true. Manages to call it without the call being interrupted or heard and meet Jess almost immediately. Is this a soap opera or a comedy program? Clearly, <laughs> oh, that's always been a bit of a grey area, Cosmo. To be honest, clearly, someone on high has said, "Get it ended." What a waste! Well, we know who it was, don't we, Cosmo? Uh, love from Cosmo in Bangkok, where it is very hot. He says. Now, I have a new uh, love interest. I have abandoned Andrew Horn and Exeter Dormouse, and I'm now all about the feek. I'm afraid. Ooh, I'm all about the feek. He says, hello again. I miss Sid. For some reason, I think Sid would have sussed out Rob and kicked the crap out of him. Does anyone else miss Sid? <laughs> Feek. That's it. I love him. I, Will you bring me Feek? I do miss a bit of Sid because I miss the whole kind of um, him managing the cricket team. But I yeah. don't miss his homophobia. No. Let's not forget he just wasn't up for Adam at all. You know, pun intended. Uh, you know, he was rather nasty. Uh, and that was a lo- yeah. fair play in terms of they fleshed him out to be a believable character. And, you know, but he just couldn't get around. He couldn't get his head around the idea that two men could be yeah. emotionally involved with each other. Yeah. 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 Graham Blair, uh, first time emailer in a row. Um, he says, I'm not sure if my profession will help, but I head up an events team for National Mail Order Wine Company in the UK. Oh, you can so help, Graham. Uh, uh, he Do you says, reckon I might want to sponsor the show next, you know, in the forthcoming year? You what, sorry? Um, this this wine could, company. Yes. He says he can offer an opinion on Lower Loxley events, barring the tent flap escapade, which, while they may have been wine-induced, do not form part of the events I run. Ah, oh, never mind, Graham. Mm. Better luck next time. Um, he says he's fed up with everyone moaning about it. Um, he loves it, does about he? Rob and Helen, because he, he he said that he's actually been listening to it twice now because because uh, he, he enjoyed it. And he said they were alternating a Rob and Helen every other day. Mm. Uh, but he was feeling disappointed when the storyline didn't move on because it got interrupted by a non-Titchy Knob episode. Um, Can I just say, the, uh, there was another shocking thing about yesterday's episode and it was almost as if um it was placed there to kind of set the news agenda for the week but sunday's episodes are a bit of a nothingness i know i couldn't understand why it was so it's probably because they've got so much to pack in in the next week Mm. it was you know there i was you know, in yeah. the car, minding my own business, yeah. coming down, <laughs> coming down the A3, thinking, oh, "I'll just listen to the archers. Nothing much will happen." Bloody hell! Yeah. I can tell you exactly <laughs> where I was at every knife stab. <laughs> you know, Fulham Broadway. You know, <laughs> Parsons Green. <laughs> 
and Rob died at Shepherd's Bush Corner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been Ponder's End. Um, I'm just seeing if I can. I'm going to use this one next week. I love this. Pam Harper emailed me, uh, tweeted me to say, "Do you watch the Chase? Do you know what the Chase is?" That's I do. Interesting. Yeah. This is this is absolutely this is this happened right? Question: mm. Who was the first person to walk on the moon? And the contestant said, "Buzz Aldridge." <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Now that's a storyline." Um. And uh, yes, right. That's it. I've done the email winners. Mm. All right. Quickly, font news. Yeah, all right, everybody. Oh no, no, no! Because I've got to go in a minute. Oh no, this is going to be very quick. Okay. Font news, right? Oh, Gil Sands. Gil yeah. Sands was developed from Johnson Sands, which is actually Johnson Sands is the font of the London Underground. But it's a mistake that absolutely everybody makes. And Gil Sands is nicer looking than Johnson Sands. And but yes, it's actually Johnson Sands and whatever. So stop it, stop it, stop it. I know. <laughs> But proper people who studied this stuff at college, and I, I kind of half did. Um, so Sarah Peshingham, I think that's your surname. Yeah. Um, she said, I'm a, I'm a typographer. I went to uni for this stuff. And she also thought it was Gil Sands as well. So it's a common mistake to make. And I think that so that... Stop everyone emailing Royfield and say, you got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that the person who wrote that article on the BBC website could well be a dumb de dum listener. Because how the hell, after we put out the show on the Monday, is there an article about Gil Sands and, and, and Johnson Sands and the relationship between them? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The two. Because mm. everybody kept on tweeting me the same bloody article. Right, now advertising break. Come back, other side. Touch your Millie tweets of the week. Thank you very much, please. 
It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley, and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. G'day, everyone. Millie Bell here. I believe I've got a ripper of an episode to listen to, so I'm going to crack on with this so that I can get on and find out what all the fuss on Facebook is about. On our forum this week, so dumptydum.com and then just go to forums, we've been talking about pies, knives and elephants in the room, Rob and Jess, uh, remote-controlled chicken house doors, uh, celeb appearances and thief. So lots to get involved with on the forum and... As I've said before, it is a really nice way to get to know some of our regular posters and listeners in a a less public setting. Uh, Facebook can be a little bit uh, public, but you only find out if you're interested in Dumpty Dum. So uh, get get involved, sign up, get involved. We'd love to hear from you. I also wanted to bring to your attention the fact that, well, uh, first of all, the character statistics for March 2016 have gone up on our front page in dumptydum.com. I do like reading those. But also wanted to bring your attention to the two-for-one tickets for the Angela Barnes Soho Theatre Show. She is an ex-podcast guest. Uh, I'm sure she'll be a guest again in the future, but uh, she has been on our show before, and she has a great deal for Uh, for our listeners in particular and I really encourage you to go and support her Uh, she's a very funny young lady on our Facebook page we were asking whether anyone had any comments after a chilling scene between Rob and Helen Um, some of us were hiding under the table too scared to move as he kept telling her to sit Um, Liz Figures said hello I'm new on here but chuffed her found the place to talk about the archers We're all looking for the resolution of this storyline, but I suspect this is going to take time, partly because it takes such a long time in real life, and partly because if I was a soap writer with such a cracking story, I'd want it to never end. Agreed, 
Liz, but I think we do want it to end. However, uh, why don't you call us, call in to us, uh, be part of the show uh, with your views because we would love to hear from you. Quentin Bennett says, it all hangs on how good Helen is at acting with Rob. I think she has had the epiphany and knows what is going on and despite being fragile, will find her way through. I imagine having, although I have no experience, that swinging between being in denial and thinking you bastard, I'll kill you, is common for people emerging from an abusive relationship. Hopefully it's a case of every day, a little step forward, even if there are a few back as well. Tessa Herring said, when he told her to sit like a bloody dog, I'm afraid I shouted some very bad words at my radio. Poor Henry's going to need counselling as well at this rate. And Sue Gedge said, Thursday's episode was so disturbing and it's the little details that add the twist of the knife. For me, not just Rob's appalling treatment of Henry, making the poor child throw both his Easter egg and his fluffy bunny into the bin, but uh, the, the gift that was from Pat and Tony... And the, but the fact that Henry was so attached to his rabbit, he'd named it. That wasn't just any old rabbit. It was Thomas. And I quite agree. Lots of you have talked about how the, it's um, his relationship deteriorating with Henry that's really starting to affect you now. And I absolutely agree. As a grown-up, I've been maybe standing back a little bit from the storyline uh, because I realise it's a storyline. But once they, he started to target Henry, which was a few, maybe a month and a half ago now, I have to say I started to become emotionally a lot more involved. So very well done to the script writers uh, and very well done to uh, the actors as well, of course. So please get involved. We would love to see you on dumptydum.com or we would love to see you on our Facebook page. Uh, we would love you to call in. Remember, if you want to call in, go to dumptydum.com. There is a little red button on the right-hand side you can use to send voicemail. So however you'd like to communicate with us, we would love it. And until next week, hooroo. Thank you, Mealy Bell. Uh, Lucy. I do like thank you very much, please. It makes me laugh every time you say it. Uh, we've just had a, a, tw- a Twitter, by the way, from Ooh Yellow Car, who said, I think I'm more excited about the Dumpty Dum take on things than tonight's The Archers. <laughs> that wasn't a tweet of the week, but whoever Ooh Yellow Car is has just tweeted it. Um, right. Tweets of the week. There's too many. I'm sorry. But, you know, stuff. Anyway. Uh, Mim Monk said i am appalled but my first thought was well this is going to play havoc with the shop rotor <laughs> uh Raukin said under no circumstances will i be missing any episodes in the next weeks in fact i'm just going to book a room in gray gables anna kenyon <laughs> said i really hate custard that was a very painful episode <laughs> shambridges goodness me shambridges said i'm a bit annoyed with kirsty for buggering off when she should have stayed hidden in a cupboard perhaps there was something good on the radio <laughs> paul truman <coughs> hero of the hour paul truman said hats off to the archers crew tonight's episode of the archers made the red wedding look like an episode of country file uh thackers one said oh my god glad it's all been recorded the cops will have to listen to back-to-back episodes on iplayer and know what's been going on Helen Barnard said, I'm so pleased they didn't interrupt that with Ruth and the Fairbrothers being jocular. There might have been three <laughs> stabbings. <laughs> and my favourite, excuse the language, <laughs> Kipper Kate, Kate Jones. 
who said, mm. Meanwhile, Henry pauses the DVD and rummages through the wheelie bin to find Thomas the Rabbit. Fuck you, Daddy! And says, <laughs> I didn't see that tweet at all. That's brilliant. Oh, well done. The other thing is it will actually give PC Harris McBurn something to do, won't it? He might find that bunting. (laughs) Well, he's probably still on the case of the missing bunting, but he'll be called off that. If they wrapped Rob's corpse in the bunting... Harrison still wouldn't be able to find it. Let's face it. Man's a moron. <laughs> oh Lord. Right. So, I'm mm. now. I'm gonna have to go back to bed for a bit, I think. Mm. <sighs> uh where are we? End no, of the uh, show. Dumdydum.com. It's a site with all our dumdy dum stuff on, so go visit our shop. Oh, the, 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 the shop link didn't work, somebody told me last week, but I made it work again. And um, I promise I will put up some Team Kirsty stuff. However, I think that uh, I might have somewhat missed that marketing. Oh, no, boat. I think we can have free the Ambridge one. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll do that then. Uh, so go on to the shop this week because there'll be stuff uh, and mugs and whatever to purchase. Uh, remember, also it's got a forum and you can debate away because I know some of you aren't on the Twitters and aren't on the Book of Face, so you can go on there and commune and debate and chat uh, with your fellow Archers stroke dum dum fans. Uh, Lucy, yeah. um, I, at this point I'd say it's, uh, let's have some news and review oh, singing sister. Off. But but um, in this whole kind of, do you mean bugger off? <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I thought it. <laughs> yeah, no, your brain thought it and your mouth said it. Sorry. <laughs> right. mm, now it's my, not. My ears did hear it there is However, a time for news of reviews and there is a time for not news of reviews and this isn't either of them quite frankly so we're not mm, going to do okay that, are we? well but yeah i'm gonna yes so we're gonna pass on yes but there will be news of reviews maybe in a, in a week or two's time um if you would like to help keep our little show on the road folks there's two ways this can be done you can do it by hitting the donate button on our website or sorry someone just mentioned as well that i forgot when um, mm. Helen stabbed Rob, I don't know if there mm. was in where you were, but where I was, there was a huge flash of lightning. <laughs> Seriously. And someone said, bloody hell, it's like it's come directly out of Broadcasting House. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it was Suzanne Yates said, did other Londoners notice the flash of lightning and huge thunderclap just after tonight's episode? It's as if it shot out of BH. Yes, it absolutely did. I did too. Um Yes, uh, you can uh, go to patreon.com also, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.30. Right. Uh, remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voicemail message via our website in the little red tabby thing called Speak Pipe, or you can call us on 0203 to leave us a telephonic message, as many people did this week. Because you know what, Luce? What? I think when people are kind of at work... Right, they can't necessarily, you know, just go onto their work computer, hit the red tab, no, speak pipe, and be talking into it. No. But they can just pretend yes. that they're, oh, yeah, I'm making a very, very important <laughs> call to a client. Royfield, Lucy! <laughs> <laughs> First time so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and of course, if you don't want to send us a telephone message, or you can't, but you can find us on the social medias. We're on the Twitters. We're at Me, I'm at Royfield. That's R-O-I for India, F-I-E-L-D. Uh, Sarah Smith, at Sarah underscore Smith. I'm at Lucy V. Freeman. And Harriet is at Shambridges. And we have had a little deluge um, of new Facebook lurkalikers on our Book of Face page, which uh, quite simply, you just go onto the Book of Face and type in dum de dum and then you'll bump into it. Uh, we had a shed load last week. Ah. And uh, people are chatting on about um, a, a knife to the guts, comma, discuss. Right. And it's, uh, it's, it's all there. So, Lucy, I actually think, all things considered... Uh, we've done that justice. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I feel I feel like a wet flannel now. <sighs> you feel like a wet flannel. Yes, I feel like, or oh, like what administered to your person. <laughs> no, I, well, both really, but I feel I feel a bit wrinkled and flat and worn out. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. It's uh, you know. Is it... Do you know who I want to hear his reaction to this? Susan. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what Susan has to say. I know it's going to annoy me, but I still can't help it. I still want to know. Because she's been... Oh, he's so lovely, that Rob. But she loved uh, she loved Charlie and she loved Rob, didn't she? Mm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think we've just... We can't speak anymore now, can we? No. No, no, no. 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 Right, goodbye, everybody. Look after well, yourselves. Good. Have a lot of hot tea. Sit down a lot. Don't do anything exciting. Mm. And remember, a knife is for chopping vegetables. <laughs> as much as he might deserve it, you know. A knife is for dob- Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> dob him in to the correct authorities. Yes. Don't be stabbing him in the guts because you get yourself into a right load of hot bother and pickle if you do. Yes. That should have been the moral of this story. Is that like our parental advisory thing? Yes. Do not try this at home. (laughs) (laughs) Only stab in a zombie apocalypse. (laughs) And then it's through the head. Yes. Okay. All right. Toodaloo. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That's it. We're done. All right. Cool. I'm going to um, do some do, and then I'm going to get this out super fast. Name. Just... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Desserts, Kirsty's new business name. <laughs> there were, there were, <laughs> I've just seen that on Facebook. That's brilliant. Mm. <laughs> Right.
I'm going to go and, uh, get. Mm. All right, Bye-bye. 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 Bye